3: Blog Talk Radio African singer. Welcome, welcome to this episode. This is a special episode on the Primetime Radio Show. We are on every Wednesday at 9 p.m., but today we are starting the show a little bit late to also accommodate our folks back home in Zambia because we have a listenership back home with Zambia, so we wanted to adjust the show a little bit to accommodate because it's early in the morning. It's somewhere 3 a.m., so people are sleeping, but we appreciate that people are able to listen to our show. So let me welcome my co-host. Of course, we have a special guest, Brother Warren. Brother Warren, how are you doing?
0: I'm I'm doing fine, No, I'm just doing great.
3: Good, good, good. Yeah, and let me say, uh, hi, Nancy. That's Nancy, my co-host on the show. Hey, Nancy, how are you doing?
4: Hi, Noah. Hi, Brother Warren. Uh, good evening. Hello, to hi, hi, Brother Warren. Always good to have you on the show.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, we we certainly appreciate having Brother Warren on the show because, of course, he brings in a lot of knowledge, a, a lot of uh, wisdom because... Uh, he has been on the radio for quite some time, and we've been on the radio just for a, a little bit. Of course, we are tapping into the wisdom that Brother Warren has to share. And not only just being him being on the show, but of course, he has been very instrumental and very helpful in sharing a, a lot of information, especially about this country and just the plight of our people in the United States. So we... Nice. We are certainly happy and glad to have Brother Warren on the show, so for this evening, we are talking about leadership and community because we as black people and we we most of us we are conflicted when it comes to what is an, What is the community, what's the difference be, uh, between a community and a neighborhood, and also leadership, because uh, most of us, we are familiar with the challenges that we have on the continent back home when it comes to leadership. So we just wanted just to share some thoughts on what leadership is, and especially the ideal kind of leadership that we aspire for and the type of leadership that we want. So bring it back home here in the U.S. We are going to focus on community. What are, what type of community do we want? What makes up a good community? So Nancy, so I know you are always busy working hard and doing research and things like that. So what do you think uh, is a community from a, your perspective? What are we talking about uh, this evening?
4: So uh, Thank you so much, our listeners. Thank you so much, Noah, for that question. I'm actually uh, very um, interested in this topic today as we talk about community relations and leadership. So I basically will be tackling from, I think, our community um, relationships or oh, Friendships from the diaspora point of view. So are basically um, a community is a social unit. It could be even a group of living things with a commonality, such as norms, religion, values, customs, and identity. So our communities may share a sense of place situated in a given ge- geographical area. So are we may mm-hmm. share the same nationality, culture, ethnicity, religion, or speaking the same language, you know, so, so uh, moving forward with this topic, I think as um, human beings, naturally, we need to feel a sense of belonging. So, it is that sense of belonging that actually connects us to many relationships we develop. So, I first of all what? members, as to understand community dynamics mm-hmm. and understand that everyone comes from different backgrounds and different walks of life. So, that's one thing we have to put in mind as we continue with this uh, topic today. And we are glad to have... Um, Brother Warren on the show is African American so we we'll talk from we we'll also look at um, community from the African American perspective. All right. thank oh, yes. you so
3: much. Oh yes, yes, yeah. So Brother Warren, yeah, so we'll be looking at community from different angles. Of course, we'll try to hone in from a Zambian or African perspective. Of course, you we are we are relying on you to give us sort of like an overview from your perspective how you view community and then we'll transition on to leadership. In your own words, how would you define a community and what makes an ideal community?
0: Well, I think uh, what, well first of all we, we, we have to look at we live on the planet. It's one planet so far where there's life. We don't know about life on any other planet at this point, <laughs> at least like human like that is. So we have a global community, that is, we have, uh, what, 7 billion people living in a space called planet Earth. But then the human family community breaks into different regional communities based off of their uh, continental origins, and then that sub-breaks into language. You know, the thing... I try to tell people is that we live in a competitive world and that is if you can imagine a racetrack and people are running a race and you're on the racetrack, you didn't ask to be in the race, but you're, you're on the racetrack and you Mm -hmm. have a choice. You either run with everybody else because they're trying to win the prize or you get run over. And I think that many people, who are classified and looked upon as black people by other people, we tend not to understand we're in a competitive race with other people. And the interesting thing is people look at what we have. When I say we, who is the we? We are the Mm -hmm. people who are of the African continent, whether they're on the continent or whether they're dispersed. It's something about what we have that others see an opportunity for them to become wealthy and advance themselves. And, of course, I don't think conscious-wise our community, that is the community of the African family, African descended peoples, really, really realize and understand how competitive it, it is and that there is a race that we need to be running in the race to win as well.
3: Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it, brother. Ward, because I know most of our folk uh, do do not have a firm understanding of what it means to work on a team. Just like with the NBA, let's say the Lakers are playing. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have your five men on the uh, on the floor. They have to work mm-hmm. as a unit in order for them to overcome the other team, and they rely on the 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 loopholes that they are going to exploit in the defense of the other Mm -hmm. team So in order for a team to win just like when Zambia is playing on the on the pitch. Let's say Zambia is playing uh, against uh, a a Different team the Zambian team has to be on the same page There is nothing like I am going to outdo this person and things like that. No for Zambia to win it has to be on the same page so when we bring it home as a community of people we identify ourselves as black people or others are white people and they're yellow people there are different types of people God mm-hmm. had a reason why he had people born a different way so people have to understand mm-hmm. that you come from a particular sect or group of people and it is your responsibility to work as one to work as one Mm -hmm. so this is why we encourage people to first like they say charity begins at home charity begins at Mm -hmm. home so thank you Nancy and thank you brother Warren so I know Nancy, you've been part of the Zambian Association here in Indiana and you saved the community for some time what inspired you in the beginning to save in your role as the secretary for the Zambian Association and I know you also save on your team there uh, the Zambian unity what inspired you to work with others
4: so, uh, thank you so much for that uh, question actually it was a privilege to serve as a then secretary for two years the job that I uh, enormously loved so much um, I also serve in various uh, um, organizations here, here in South Bend. I'm also part of the executive team. I'm also mm-hmm. part of the Heart and sea, Inc., a women's organization that uh, actually empowers women from all walks of life. So uh, what really inspired me to be part of um, Zane was a sense of um, belonging, just wanting to belong to a community and also intercourse. Um, connecting with others because I believe that when you are part of the community you share um, shared goals you also mm-hmm. have you know uh, you collaborate on different projects it's also um, important to also just kind of like um, work as a team and also make decisions together because I believe as a as an individual you are not going to succeed but as a community you share different thoughts and agreements and progress in different projects, so that's what really inspired me to to join and work as Zen um, secretary. Yeah, so, thank uh, you, thank you, thing is just a sense of um, ubuntu, because it's like um, I am because we are. That's where we exactly. come from as
3: Africans, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. So now, uh, Brother Warren, I know uh, I'm sure you've seen <laughs> some different. Uh, teams and working with different uh, groups. So I know you have your radio show that airs, of course, like ours here on this platform. So the question that I have for you when it comes to community, how would you describe the African American community in Louisiana where you are? What is the dynamics of people? Uh, would you say black people are working as one, or everybody is in their own silos? What what is the problem there? Well, I, I think it's
0: the, it's the same here as it is in other places. You have a, a, a diverse uh, group of people who are black and who are uh, who are you know segmented politically and conventionally based off the, the history of the United States. But I, I, I would say that all of our various communities are what I call sleeping giants. Mm-hmm. And here's a question that I always often pose. Why does not our group, that is the African-American group and the African group at large, why we don't have a merchant class? Why there are always foreign merchants among us providing us with the retail goods that we buy. Now, I mean, I'm just curious about that. Whether it's in Zambia, whether it's in the United States, whether it's in Senegal, it seems that even in the South Pacific Islands like Fiji and Vanuatu, where blacks have been there for tens of thousands of years, the merchant class are always Chinese, Filipinos, various Arab nationalities. And that should say something to us about community. (laughs) You know, are (laughs) we a community? Are are we a powerless community? Are are we a community because others have uh, decided the parameters that we will go? You know, so I, I use the merchant class as an example of how, you know, one other type of communities benefit off of other communities. They become rich, how they enrich themselves off other communities.
3: Yeah, so I think that's a very good point, Brother Warren, that you just made there, because when you look across everywhere where black people are, there is always a sense of disunity. And I think that stems from, of course, the, the history uh, the interactions that our people have had with the Europeans when they first arrived on the shore. Because I think one of the the tactics or strategies that they used was to mislead our people uh, into, for instance, I think when the black people were first uh, mm-hmm. captured and uh, sent uh, across the oceans, mm-hmm. one of the boats, I think, if not one of the first ones was uh, jesus christ something like that because of course our people are oriented into spirituality but with the amalgamation of religion which was introduced by the of course the europeans when they came in it causes uh, black people for lack of a better word, to have a so- short circuit in the mind in terms of perception and differentiating between religion and spirituality that sort of throws most of our people into silos where our people have to wake individualistic because we are known as a collective society but when we look at how black people conduct themselves wherever they may be just like i think brother warren just mentioned people in fuji and the the, the caribbean wherever black people are you find that the merchants people who are getting all the money are non-African people. Just recently, I mean, just a few days, we received this stimulus package. Of course, everybody was excited with all this money coming in. But you find that people couldn't wait to go and give this money back through these malls and all this shopping. So it's something that I think it's going to take us a lot of time for our people to understand that in order for us to build wealth, in order for us to work as one, it starts from the economics. We have to finance our own products, not rushing to give up our money with the other folks. These other folks, of course, they are very creative. They put their stores where black people are because they know that uh, our kind they are very uh, they have this affinity for the other people so when we ask people to wake as one you find that we are very petty sometimes we want to look at the uh, differences that we have instead of looking at the bigger picture so mm-hmm. it's just a, mm-hmm. i don't know it will take god to to help us because when you look at the jewish people brother warren why do you think the Jewish people, wherever you see the Jewish people, they are so united and they work as one? Why? What makes those cultures or what makes those groups of people to do things collectively? What do you think is the 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 missing link that we don't see as black people?
0: Well people who who identify as Jewish people, and we know that's a religion, so but the but the dominant group of people who who we are presented with as Jewish people are European Jews, people of European descent from, from Eastern and Western Europe. Their religion is their culture. Okay? And so as they 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 take their religion seriously, they also take their culture seriously at the very same time. And mm-hmm. so uh, living in Europe, you know, Europe actually was the place that was anti-Semitic. Being a minority in Europe, over the centuries, you know, they, they, they have their unique religious holidays, dietary traditions, and cultural practices that kept them close. And in and result of that, certain industries, that they've dominated in Europe, and then, of course, by the time Europeans travel around the world, conquering the world, these particular groups of, of European Jews go to these cases as well and bring these traditions of mastering their craft, their industry, to the table. I, I think that's the key point. I, I, I talk to young people sometime at church or whatever, and I tell them, you know, we have to master something. We have to be experts at something mm-hmm. to the point where people would have to come to us when they need it, uh, and, and and that's what we have to have a type of culture. When I say culture, I'm not talking about you know necessarily languages and so on and so forth, but a sort of uh, value, behavior, value that undergirds our our movement with each other, you know, such that. When we're together, we're producing and we're creating and we're doing it in such a fantastic way that we don't have time for bickering and arguing and fighting and showing off our clothes and showing off our things that we've acquired, but we're trying to solve a problem. We should have a culture to where black people, whether we're in Africa or the diaspora, we're trying to solve problems. And so where other people say, look at those black people. Every time you see them, they're trying to solve problems.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, that should, be, that should be a type of behavior we try to do. To so when, when other people look at us, they say, look at those black people. Every time you see them, they're trying to solve some kind of problem or something. I'm scared of them, you know, because I'm afraid they're going
3: to figure out how to prevent us from exploiting them. That's the type <laughs> of culture okay. you create, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like the two points actually that you've mentioned: religion and solving problems, a culture. So, of course, for instance, when you look at the uh, the people from Zimbabwe, uh, the people from Zimbabwe, for the most part, you can classify them into two. Of course, you have the Ndebele and the, you have the the, the Shona's, and then mm-hmm. you can also simplify it into two: religion. If you meet most people from Zimbabwe, it's either they belong to the Forward in Faith group or they belong to the Seventh-day Adventist. So those are the primary two areas so religion. Mm-hmm. So I like also the fact that you mentioned culture because culture is a set of rules and procedures by which a people solve and address problems. So we as black people we have to come up with a culture that addresses our needs. Because we, mm-hmm. for instance, when I was part of the Zambian Association, uh, the ZANUS, we had to do a survey back in 2017 to figure out exactly what challenges are Zambians facing in their respective states. So we sent out the survey, and then we had the answers come back. So the reason we did that was because we are trying to identify what type of problem so that at least we could come up with a game plan for addressing those challenges. So at this time, we'll go, we're going to go ahead and take a short break, and we'll continue the conversation. So. For those who are just joining us, you are listening to Primetime Radio Show. It comes every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m., For especially for today, but every other day it starts at 9 p.m. So we have, of course, our brother, our special guest, Brother Warren, who is joining us, sharing some thoughts. We are discussing community leadership. So let's go ahead and just play a song to get people relaxed. As we play this beautiful song, this is Kelly Kumalo. She's a South African lady. I like her her music. I encourage you to check out Kelly Kumalo and here's the track. to Primetime Radio Show, and we are discussing community and leadership. So just before we took the break, we were talking about culture. So what we have to understand as black people is that a culture provides you a process map for meeting your needs. A culture doesn't just exist for uh, the way people dress, talk, and things like that. But the most important thing that we have to understand about culture is a culture provides you with a framework for thinking, a framework for evaluating, a, a framework for classifying, a framework for ordering information. So when you destroy a people's culture, you destroy a people's capacity to appropriate uh, to understand to perceive and to ordering information, so what we mean when I say uh, a framework so for instance, when you are talking using the English language, there are only twenty six letters in the alphabet, so those twenty six letters you have to arrange them in certain order, come up with words. So the English language limits as to what you are capable of saying because of the availability of information. So when we talk about coming up with a framework for classifying, a framework for perceiving the world, or a framework for ordering the world, is that when the Europeans first came to our uh, Territories back then they had an agenda because they brought people and they Polluted our way of thinking a a way of understanding ourselves This is why sometimes even the good book talks about something may be right there in your before your very nose But you can't see it. It's sort of like you're hallucinating so we have to understand as, as the people that in order for us to make progress in this world, we have to work as one. So working as one means for us joining hands, whether we don't always have to like the person next door to you, but you have to be able to uh, tolerate other people. You have to be able to join hands and just, uh, um, for, for lack of a better word, that you are not on this world by your own means. You were brought here by your parents into this world. You had no say over that. So what we have to understand is that in as much as we may have differences, just like in a marriage, in a relationship, people have differences, but the key is you have to have a an agreement that even when you fight, there are certain things that you're not supposed to say and things like that. So we as black people, the challenge is that we are so disconnected. Everybody is working on their own project. They don't want to associate with others and things like that. This is why some of us have been part of this association for the simple purpose of wanting to unite the people. So moving on with our conversation, so I just want to make sure that Nathalie is out there and brother warren is out there so very soon we'll be opening up the the questions so let's let's turn it over to nancy nancy uh, the floor is yours
4: okay uh thank you so much noah and uh, thank you so much to our listeners and uh, brother warren so uh both of you did mention very very important uh, points that um we as black people we should thrive actually okay, thrive to come up with uh, solutions whenever we come together we need to come up with um you know uh what's uh identify a problem and come up with solutions like the way the Chinese work you know uh for example, mm-hmm. back home, I mean we have a lot of Chinese there are empowering each other through work and immigration uh, issues they are uh, they make sure that they take care of one another, you know, so that's how we 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 have to live even here in in the United States. We have to make sure that uh, we're not just competing, we are competing to empower each other and making sure that we are looking after. Each other. So uh, back to you know I know uh, you played a very big role in the community. So uh, what really inspired you to to be a community leader? I know that uh, a community cannot thrive on its own. You need always leadership. So for as much as we are in a community, we need to have some leaders that are actually helping guide the community. So what actually inspired you to be a community leader?
3: Oh, thank thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I think for me, uh, I think it all starts out when you look at my name. I think it was destined for me because I always find myself in situations where I have to be the one who takes the takes action. So when you look at some of these uh, groups that I've been part of, I I'm one of those people who. When I see there's a problem, I try to find a solution to that. So back then, for instance, up here in Indiana, uh, in 2010, 2011, that's when, of course, everything was sort of uh, uh, kicked into motion. It started out just sort of like uh, as a joke, uh, making a New Year's resolution. But the thinking behind that was that I had seen the problem that existed, That Everyone was disconnected in Indiana. Everyone was just doing their own thing, minding their own business and things like that. So I said, I'm going to attempt to bring all these people together by reforming the association. So what inspired me was just seeing everybody working as one, seeing people connected, because there was just so much... Uh, we we didn't even know because, for instance, some of us coming from the other side of the world, Zambia, you are here in the United States, you don't know that next door there's a Zambian who lives there or two blocks down there's somebody and things like that. So I said, no, no, there's no way for us as a people to live so disconnected. That's when I felt the need that at mm-hmm. least uh, we have to bring people on board to see how we can unite our people. So that was my primary goal, was just to see people connected. Because when people are connected, you can share ideas, and then you can even do great things. So I was just uh, looking at finding a, a way to unite our people and the method that I thought at the time was through the association I, and I'm so glad that I was able to be part of a good team of people who worked tirelessly and to this day the association is very thriving it's a uh, i mean it's doing miracles so i was i was just happy when i look back i'm like oh you never know what you are capable of doing so somebody had even asked me a question i think previously i had no idea when people said that you can be afraid of success that some people fail or do not want or do not attempt to do certain things is because they are afraid of Success, What if something succeeds? So I find myself in in one of those uh, positions where I look at myself i 'm like i don 't know what else i'm capable of doing, so just the love of people uh, seeing people smiling, seeing us as a people sharing, continuing our heritage, our tradition, our culture here is what inspired me, so I just wanted at least to. Uh, reproduce or create an environment where at least there was that connectivity among our kind. hopefully I've answered your question
4: Yes 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 uh, thank you so much for that uh, elaborate uh, question and I, uh, I know we are ten minutes um eight minutes past ten pm um before we open up the lines, I just want to mention that uh, some of the uh, notable community assets that um, we can really benefit from include engaging in a positive you know positive activities and facilities and also keeping the members healthy and uh, working together so and i said that as, some as members really don't want to be joining the communities and uh, for just different various reasons and we're going to ponder on those reasons as we move forward so i don't know whether the lines are open just to allow our listeners to ask questions as we move on uh we yeah, have so- mr warren an african-american on our line Feel free to ask questions to either him, me, or Noah, and or Mm -hmm. maybe go ahead and contribute.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be opening up our lines very soon. So let's just uh, go to Brother Warren one more time, and then we'll go ahead and uh, open up the line. So, Brother Warren, now, in terms of leadership, we know on the continent, uh, I know you've done a lot of research, Uh, On the continent, most of our countries uh, struggle in the area of leadership. And Based on your research, how would you describe an ideal leader? What is the challenge that you see uh, on the continent uh, with the leadership that we have?
0: That's a very good question. I think that uh, we need spokespersons slash leaders who are knowledgeable. And knowledge is something you never stop acquiring. You're constantly studying. We need statesmen. We need renaissance people. We need people who are very well aware of how the world works, how power works, relationships among groups. And to be able to articulate that to people uh, who we care for and who we want to uh, have awaken uh, to the reality of of their situation. And the problem I see is the people who are considered leaders are not knowledgeable. And we need people who are knowledgeable to also be able to forfeit the temptation of being paid off. You know, (laughs) there's a lot of money out there. To, to pay people to represent as oh, leaders, yeah. but to, mm-hmm. to direct people in a direction that's not in their best interest. But I think knowledge, seeking knowledge, the constant quest to seek knowledge about, about everything. Now, I'm not a Muslim at all, but there are some quotes that I recall reading of the Prophet Muhammad. They, they have these things called the Hadith, his sayings. And one of the things he 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 supposedly said to Prophet Muhammad is, "When you leave home, he he who has knowledge knows God." Okay, and another quote is, "One learned man is harder on the devil than a thousand ignorant worshippers."
3: Exactly,
0: and, that, and that's true because I've, I've been I've been in situations where. I may have been the only learning person, and I I gave the people who were trying to see the group, I gave them problems. And I think (laughs) that we have to look at that knowing stuff is very powerful because you can really see other people's intentionalities toward you and towards the group.
3: Exactly. Well well put, Brother Warren, because knowledge, like they say, gives you the information in order for you to make a well-informed decision so just to add on to what brother Warren uh, uh, has shared the other thing that we have uh, as black people is that we have been oriented to only pay attention to religion and preachers so I'm just sort of continuing the thread on uh, the mission of uh, uh, the muslims so when you look at other cultures of course they tap in into their religion and it's a lifestyle for the muslims but when you look at our people we dismiss everything else only what we want to hear and exactly how we have been sort of uh, trained So our culture is oriented to pay preachers, not researchers. When you look at even COVID-19, Joe Biden wants a team of researchers. He wants to seek the opinion of Dr. Fauci and other doctors and scientists. But you have on the other side, some of the leaders, they want to see maybe they need to put up a fast prayer and fasting day So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with prayer and fasting. You have to use the right tool at the right time. For instance, if you have to kill a fly, you do not get a hammer. You use the appropriate tool to sort of kill a fly. So the challenge that I think most of our African people is we feel God is going to come from heaven with all the answers, when God has actually blessed us with Mm -hmm. the brains to think. So, Let's leave it up there and open up the lines and see what our listeners have to add. So if you have a comment, you have a question, feel free to chime in. I think I believe we have President Andrew Perry. President Andrew Perry, are you on the line, sir? Yeah. I'm on the line, yes. Yes, sir. So any inputs, any take on community and leadership you know what, I just joined in, so I kind of uh, haven't yet the first part of it. But uh, if I have a question, I will ask you. I'll, I'll come oh, up. Yeah. To oh, it. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. So let's go to our lovely sister, Dorothy. Dorothy, go ahead with a question or a comment. Uh, hi, good evening. This is evening. a very, very interesting uh, uh, topic. But uh, I wanted to ask uh, Brother Warren a question. Um, you know, I've been doing some reading and I've discovered that uh, there are more black men in American prisons. So my question is, what is the disconnect in black communities where young black men are concerned? Where are the elders, uh, elders to guide these young men who are growing up now, so that they don't also end up in prison? Very well, good I, question. I think we Very have. Yeah, I think
0: we have to be careful with that. That how you phrase that because most African American men are not in prison. What you have is you have a disproportionate amount of black men in prison, and just because people are in prison doesn't necessarily mean that they actually did anything wrong. You have a systemic structure of criminal uh justice system police departments district attorneys and other factors that have made it uh difficult for many black males and black females to be treated equally in the eyes of the law so we have to be careful sometime when we look at issues of people being in prison is it whether a flaw a character flaw in the people but sometimes you have to look at, many times to look at the actual overall institutions in a society. And one of the things that has always been a threat in America is black men. Black men working, black men competing with white men for jobs. Those things have been a threat. And so when you're talking about putting people in jail and you incarcerate them at high rates, those are some of the things you can do to people when you want to control them and keep them contained. So we have to look at these institutions and not assume that these institutions are fair and that they're, that they're somehow uh, equal because they're not. And that's what a lot of the conversation has been about, if you've noticed in the past year, about the criminal justice system. You know, when they had, back in the 80s, they had what was called crack cocaine. And crack cocaine was a manufactured substance from pure cocaine. And people who used pure cocaine tend to be white people who used pure cocaine. Crack cocaine was cheap. So if people were drug addicts and they got cracked, They tend to be non-white people. But if you were caught with pure cocaine, you got less time than you did if you were caught with crack. And so when you declare a war on drugs, you by default capture a whole lot of black people and put them in jail by your design.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. So well said, Brother Warren. Yeah, so just to add on to Harvard, the, the Harvard uh, uh, University had uh, a racial bias test. So I encourage our listeners to check out the racial bias uh, research that has been done, and there's also a research, I mean, a test that you can take. There is implicit bias and there is explicit bias. So I think just to... Um, Add a little bit to what Brother Warren has said. We live in a time where us black people, when we see what is happening, we have to open our eyes and see it's time for us to wake as one. This is why from a grassroots level, we and the other leaders across the, the country, we wanted to encourage our folks Our community to join the associations because we know that when we are connected as a people there is much more that we can cover so of course I think when you look at on a country uh, micro level this country has got uh, systematic biases that unfortunately disproportionately affect our people so thank you Dorothy that's a good question so, let's go... Oh, no, can I say something else more? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Can, can I,
0: to, 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 I want to say this to Dart and others. We have to, when we hear, like, a lot of times, uh, cliches like that, uh, mo, uh, most black men are in jail, or all black men in jail, we have to really, really dissect those statements with information that's being presented because what happens is it becomes a negative, distorted uh, view that's perpetuated about us. And let me say another thing. The demographics Mm -hmm. for people who are called white in the United States and Europe, their birth production is low. They're not producing babies like like black people are and other non-white people. So when you talk about competition, if you was to make things fair and equal, That means a whole lot of black people would naturally, just by natural fairness, would surpass white people. And I can tell you now, when you're in power like white people are, you don't give it up. You do whatever you have to do to maintain your advantage. You may talk, you may have a lot of rhetoric about fairness, equality, democracy. These people may say that. But when they look at the numbers and look at the future of their children and grandchildren, they say to themselves, we're not going to let our children and grandchildren be at a disadvantage to these other people. And so when we look at power dynamics, people who control the lawmaking apparatus, people who make laws and create laws, they can design those laws in a way that it will affect the people that they want to keep contained and in control.
3: For generations, you want to air that exactly. Just to add on to Brother no, Warren, okay. there's actually there's actually a book called The Best Death. This book was written in 1987 by a Jewish gentleman, Ben J. Wartenberg. So of course, the white people at I mean, during even back then, they realized that the They have very low birth rates compared to other non-whites. By the way, for our listeners, the percentage of white people across the world is only 10%, and 90% of the world is non-white. So I just wanted to make, make mention of that. So I encourage our listeners to read the book, The Birth death, it shares uh, more light on if you want to do a little bit of research. So Nancy, I know you've been quiet as we are winding down on the show. Uh, anything you want to add? So uh,
4: I just I wanted to add on what um, Brother Warren added about uh, he answered that question very, very well. We all know the issues that affect our black men in this country, the uh, systematic racism and white privilege. We first that um, every day at work, everywhere mm-hmm. where we go, so uh, we have to be um, just have knowledgeable about the issues that affect us as a black people in this country, where whether you are from the diaspora, from another country, or you were born here. So otherwise, this has been a very, very interesting topic. Just, uh, just for us not to get away from the community uh, relations and leadership. I know uh, the racial issues. Is It's going to be another topic on its own, even um, the culture, religion, and spirituality. Those are huge topics that need to be discussed on their own. Exactly. So uh, Mm -hmm. just for um, the listeners, if you have any questions on community relations and leadership and what makes a good community leader, so... Maybe now you Feel can free. talk on that, or maybe just... Um... Yeah,
3: so I know our listeners, uh, your mics are unmuted if you want to chime in. I know we have less than five minutes, so uh, speak up now, or forever hold your peace. <laughs> yeah, so anyone with a question, or we <laughs> conclude... Okay, so it looks like our listeners they are just in the listening mode. So, uh, Brother Warren, if you can summarize what makes up a great community and what makes up a good leader. Yes.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, you hear me? Oh yeah, yeah, I can hear.
0: You. Okay, yeah. you know, I think I think of people who. Uh, Consciously identify that they need to network and and work together to to help each other make up a community and and then seeking knowledge so they have better awareness about the world, how the world works, and how to be at a competitive advantage in the world and not be exploited by others who understand the nature of competition in the world. And I think that, that those those leaders in the community, they all should be one and the same. Every community member should be a leader.
3: Great. Well said, well said. Nancy, in your own words, uh, what is uh, good leadership, what type of leadership do we want to see in our community and, of course, uh, back home? All
4: right. Uh, thank you so much for that uh, question. I know uh, a community cannot... Uh, thrive on its own without leadership. So basically, we always look for great leadership. Of course, a good good leader should be able to be accountable, should be able to exert humility, should be able to be a mentor. We we need to talk more on um, mentorship and mentoring the young people, especially the young Zambians, Zambians Americans who are being born in this country, trying to mentor them. And also, a good leader should be able to show um, great teamwork just to bring the community together mm-hmm. and also being able to recognize uh, individual talents and individual strengths and being able to maximize their strengths and giving them uh, roles that actually enhance their um, strengths. Also, um, a good leader should be able to practice a stewardship and also being able to be a critical thinker Showing those uh, critical thinking skills is very, very important in anything that you do. And we shouldn't forget that uh, these jobs that we do in the community is basically volunteerism. And uh, we volunteer in so many ways. As a nurse, as one of the frontline people, I do volunteer for the um, American um, Cancer Society. And I'm also passionate about the... um, elderly, so I do volunteer for the Alzheimer's community, too. So I want to make sure that even as I'm volunteering, I'm also making sure that I'm not putting 100% of my time volunteering. I should also, uh, you know, create time for family, create time for work, create time for things that actually pay me. So for work life, community life, and also family life. So back to you, Noah. How would you describe
3: a great leader? Oh, thank you, thank you. A great leader knows when to leave. (laughs) yeah so uh, i think you've summarized it well but you see i think leadership it's uh, some it's a privilege to save to be part of the community and to be in a position to lead the country but one of the things that i think i've learned from doing research is that number one Uh, You have to ensure that at least you are doing everything possible for your family, spending time with your family, and also balancing your time with the community, because you don't want, you only have one life to live. So you want to make sure that you are taking care of yourself and you are taking care of, uh, before you can take care of others, make sure at least you have enough information and research because a leader has to be just like brother warren mentioned has to be knowledgeable has to understand has to empathize especially when you are handling different types of situations so we have a great team of leaders across the country and we encourage them especially our uh, people in our communities in the U.S., we encourage you to be part of these associations because we form these associations so that at least we can leverage our numbers. So a community, an ideal community, is one where people are connected, sharing ideas, and just working as one. And then we, a leader who is ideal is a leader who is knowledgeable and a leader who is always listening and not always be in the front or on the front line. So hopefully you've learned one or two from our discussion today. As we conclude, we're going to end with a show, uh, sorry, a song by one of our uh, singers in our community here in Indiana. Of course, this is Gina Ahidi. So till next time, at the same time, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we wish you well from wherever you are listening to. We encourage you to keep up with us until we meet again next week it's bye for now and enjoy this track by gina heady